I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and now it's time for the Jack Riccardi Show. All right, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, did you miss me? Did you miss me? <laughs> right. Did right. you miss And you know, you know who misses me the most are the people that hate me the most. Yeah, that's true. They listen longer. They're, they <laughs> yeah. had an awful, awful, awful day yesterday. They were all set for hate at 4 o'clock. They'd worked themselves up. They'd worked on it. They'd prepared. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't there. But, Jack, they got Sean Rima. <laughs> so, I know, yes. but Sean's, you know, he's just he's just this gentle poet, you know, mm-hmm, kind of yeah. guy. And when you want to ha- how can you hate him? What's the, what, There's nothing to hate. Hey, we had you know, fun. He's got, he's got cats and socks and hats with sayings on them. And, and he Crocs. writes poems. And Don't he's got for, Crocs. Got how Crocs. can he be mad at somebody in Crocs? <laughs> I got to talk about this guy on the plane. I know this was a big story yesterday, but I wasn't here, as we just mentioned. The guy on the plane who, um, this was, I guess, the Southwest flight. And there was a baby crying on the plane. And apparently this man has never, ever been on a commercial uh, airplane flight because a crying baby is standard equipment. Every plane comes with one. I, I don't know where he's been, but I've never ever been on a flight that didn't. Have you? I don't think so. I mean, the crying baby is just you know it, the air pressure in the cabin, and the the baby starts you know crying, and so this guy this this video has gone viral. This guy just went completely. Uh, crackers on this thing, and this is some of what some of his rant. Cut number three. I was, I was sleep the whole time. I never served you anything. No, no, no. Try to keep my calm. That if I wasn't on this plane, I can't. Try it. Try it on the flight. Non fucking stop. That's what's happening. Can you show her that voice? No, let's not. No, 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 no. No. Let's be rational. This is so crazy. He's yelling. The flight attendant's yelling at him. Other passengers are yelling at both of them. The baby's crying. By the way, when when a baby's crying, yelling adults, excellent idea. Very good Mm -hmm. way to treat that. That really, really brings things out of control. I, I watched this a few times, and I realized, Christian, the baby is the most mature person in the entire situation you could make that argument yeah i am on team baby um (laughs) by the way when i fly i feel like crying the whole time too so it's it's (laughs) right it's nothing new but anyway uh 210-599-5555 what do you think is going on here i mean i don't keep asking this question what and and i'm throwing it out to the to the callers What, what what is going on here i mean this is another situation we have one of these every day that's just an everyday life situation. Now, look, I, I get somebody's going to say it, so I'll say it for you. I get that sometimes parents just seem to let their kids wail and, and stuff. And you, you may think as a, as a parent or your kids are grown now, but hey, there's stuff you can do. You can soothe them. You can coddle them, work on it. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you're, I mean, I've been on flights where I just wanted to say, Hey, I'll, I'll take the baby. You know, because you're not doing any, you're not doing anything to, uh, to make this better. But, but people do the best they can. They do what they can do. And it's just part of who, like, who gets on a plane now? A, not expecting this. B, you've got 
earplugs, you've got earbuds, you've got noise-canceling headphones, you can listen to a book on tape, you can watch a movie on your phone, you can plug in if it's, if it's, a, if it's an equipped flight. There's audio systems on some planes. You can plug in and listen to a music channel. There's podcasts. I know a guy that does a podcast. I highly recommend it. I mean, I, I would just question the dude who is completely freaking out. He is a grown-up. He is not wearing a diaper. Why is he more infantile than the kid, than the baby? And the guy turns out to be a much bigger disruption than the baby. But I, I, I keep coming back to this question, and I'm, I'm curious. What do you think is going on? Like the last time we talked about one of these, I think Don or, or Christian made a good point. They said people are now doing things to get um, to go viral. In other words, going viral isn't inadvertent anymore. It's the point of the behavior. And I, I do think that that does explain some of these phenomena, that people that just act the fool really want to be viral. And um, so the may- maybe that's it. I don't know. The guy just seems to have lost it. Complete- like, I worry about where he's going. Like, wh- wh- what happens when this plane lands? Who's this guy meeting with? You're in a f***ing tin can with a baby in a echo chamber. Can't wait to, can't wait to be his Lyft driver. You know, I mean, what, is- what do you think? 210-599-5555. All right. They say now that President Joe Biden will announce he is running for re-election next week. Washington Post says that uh, it will be a video announcement. So they can, probably so they can edit it and clean it up a little bit. Uh so or maybe it'll be AI, maybe it won't even be him. It'll be the it'll be the AI version of Joe Biden. I look forward to that. Uh but uh, source close to the administration uh, tells the Washington Post that they're going to make the announcement and that uh, the president's ready to do it. Remember, around Easter, he said soon, but I'm not ready to say it for sure yet. I want to play for you the campaign announcement from Robert F. Kennedy um, last night. Now, Robert F. Kennedy joins Marion Williamson as the other Democrats who will be in the race against President Biden. In fact, in a poll, Robert F. Kennedy is already at 14%, albeit to Biden's 68%. But, I mean, I I, want to play this for you because I don't know if Robert Kennedy Jr. is on your radar screen at all uh, or if you're even interested. Um, Let me tell you what I know about him first. I've, I've tracked him for a long time. I interviewed him a couple of times many, many, many moons ago. He was a ardent environmentalist, environmental activist. Um, he was very big on that issue for a long time. Uh, he got into vaccine safety and the theories about uh, vaccine components and autism, which I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but at one time that was a fairly respectable position to debate in other words whether it was mainstream or not i wouldn't say but but you could you could have like an episode of nightline or an episode of crossfire where something like that could be discussed whereas today if you bring up anything about vaccines or are they dangerous or are they causing adhd which is a theory i'm not saying it's true but if you even bring up that theory or try to argue that theory now uh you're basically a nazi and you're you're a kook and you're dangerous 
But it's funny how a few decades ago that wasn't dangerous at all. It was just a point of view. So he was known for that stuff. And when COVID came along, he really kind of like morphed into, I would call kind of a COVID libertarian. And he has this very, um, he's not a libertarian, but he has this very old school Democratic Party vibe about him when it comes to like the military industrial complex. And what adds spice to that is that he comes from a family that many people believe was a victim, that that Jack Kennedy, almost certainly in their minds, and possibly even Bobby Kennedy, were victims of the military-industrial complex. So he announced that he is running for president. I want to play you a couple of clips of this. Just see how this grabs you. Tell me what you think of of what you're hearing. Um, Here here he's calling out the um, military-industrial complex, cut number four. My uncle came into office two months later. He was fighting his intelligence apparatus, his military, because they wanted to invade. Uh, I mean, they wanted to go do the Bay of Pigs. He was totally against it, and he let them roll over him. And in the middle of the Bay of Pigs, he realized they were lying to him, and he realized the function of the intelligence agencies had become to provide the military-industrial complex with a constant pipeline of war. And he came out during the middle of the night during the Bay of Pigs catastrophe, and he said, I want to take the CIA. Alan Dulles had lied to him, Charles Cabell, Richard Bissell, Louis Lemitzer, Curtis LeMay had all lied to him through their teeth. And he said, I want to take the CIA and shatter it into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the winds. Now, now this is interesting to me because that was actually... At one time, that was a very uh, salient uh, point of debate in politics. The, the the 1970s, if you were around for the 1970s, was all about congressional hearings ch- chaired by Democrats, driven mostly by Democrats, by Kennedy-esque liberals like Frank Church um, who and, and Ted Kennedy, uh, who were questioning whether the, the intelligence networks, apparatus, deep state, uh, had turned against us. You know how people are saying today AI could turn against us? Well, before there was AI, there was just I, (laughs) and it had turned against us. And so he's talking about this in the context of running for president. He even says, look, I think many former presidents, he mentions uh, Donald Trump, uh, he mentions George W. Bush, were lied to by their intelligence and were were up against the deep state. This is a democratic presidential candidate saying this. He may have no chance, but I I just I I like imagining this even injected into the debate or or, or on a debate stage with Joe Biden, which probably will never happen. Uh he talked about how they have tried to silence him. He had a great line about it. Cut number 5. Listen to this. This is what this is what happens. When you censored somebody for 18 years, I got a lot to talk about. They shouldn't have shut me up that long, because now I'm going to really let loose on them for the next 18 months. They're going to hear a lot from me. So I'm going to play some more coming up, but I'm I'm kind of curious to know where you are on on Robert Kennedy Jr. Because I'll tell you, he's very smart. 
I, I learned that personally, and I've I've observed that um, in in other appearances he's done. He is very smart. I don't agree with him on everything. He's got a very, uh, in my opinion, a very dangerous position on the Second Amendment. Um, I don't agree with him on the environment. I'm I'm, I'm not. I'm out to lunch on the on the vaccines, but I will tell you this: I don't think those things make him dangerous. I just think those things make him oppositional. Uh, he would be running circles around Joe Biden, um, and, and and possibly a lot of Republicans too. Um, I guess the the impression I got was this is an old line or throwback quality of presidential candidate. Now, about his voice, because you can't help but notice that, right? He has a condition, I forget the name of it, and he's had it for, for several years. He didn't always have it. He didn't always sound that way. When I interviewed him, he didn't sound that way. But he's had this He's had this condition for several years that apparently just affects his voice. It's not a health issue or a risk to his health, but it, he, 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 he is hard to listen to, and it sounds like it's painful for him to talk. And I don't know if that's a factor or will be or not or how that will work. You look at what's going on right now with, with President Biden, with John Fetterman. I don't know. But anyway, we'll talk a little bit about him. Chris Christie, remember him? Chris Christie said something about his own party that I thought was, well, I, I'm not going to say it's interesting. It's actually, I think, kind of goofy. But he says Republicans are afraid to call out Donald Trump like he's Voldemort. Remember in in, uh, Harry Potter, you can't even say the name. And I get what he's saying in the sense that I, I believe, I don't know how you feel, I believe a lot of these people that are coming out and endorsing Donald Trump right now, these are fear endorsements. They They're just afraid of him. And they just want to make sure they don't get eaten first. But isn't that true in politics in general? Like, can you honestly tell me, Chris Christie, that that's not also happening in the Democratic Party? I mean, are people that are sticking up for Biden really enthused about him? Or do they just figure, I can't afford to go against him? Because I think that's what it is. So if you want to call out Republicans for it, okay. I would call out the Democrats, too. Playing a little Prince on the show today because it was seven years ago that we lost him. He was only 57. His purpleness. Some more Prince coming up as we go through the late afternoon here. And the dish coming up. We're talking restaurants after six. You know about the Jack Chat line, right? Uh, call 210-599-5550 if you want to leave a comment for the show about anything we've talked about. Uh, just leave your first name and your city and your uh, comment, 210-599-5550 for the Jack Chat line. Uh, there was no podcast yesterday because I didn't do a show yesterday. So, uh, But if you're a podcast listener, the Jack Chat can be uh, handy for that. Or just, you know, any, if it's easier for you not to call into the live show, uh, use that number. Uh, the uh, One of the interesting things I thought that uh, Robert Kennedy said was that he thought Donald Trump, when he came into office, had the right instincts about the deep state, but was unable or ill-equipped to to take it down. In other words, he he called it out. You know, he challenged it to a fight, but it it knocked him down instead of the other way around. Which I think is fair. I think that's true. I mean, I I I appreciate the effort, but I think it was mostly unsuccessful. It raised people's awareness of the deep state, 
but the deep state is is having its way with us. So the the pitch he's making, Kennedy is making, is I know how to do this, and he didn't do it. Um, but we can talk about that, and and then the thing Chris Christie said. Look, um, there's just a lot of sucking up in politics. I, I can't think of a better phrase for it, so we'll just, we'll just call it that. I mean, in, in both parties, there are a lot of people that just want to know which but they need to be attaching their lips to. And uh, that's that's why you have people with a straight face saying that Joe Biden is one of our greatest presidents and his leadership has been brave and stunning. And, uh, and, and again, I think that's why there are people who hate Donald Trump's guts in the Republican Party, but they are endorsing him as if he was holding them hostage. And so Christie can say it about one, but it's really true of both, I think. 210... 599-5555. And on the JR poll, we're asking you, and there's some breaking news about this right now, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, do you believe Hunter Biden will ever be criminally charged? Do you believe that Hunter Biden will ever be criminally charged? Not even convicted but that he will have his day in court. The NBC was saying last night that um, their sources tell them federal prosecutors have their eye on possible tax crime charges and a gun charge. Um, and it's a mix of misdemeanors and felonies, uh, but none of it is related to the really big stuff. You know, the big guy, the trips on Air Force Two, the money bag stuff. And um, you probably have heard me say this before, but just at the risk of repeating myself, uh, I'll answer the question. No, I don't believe Hunter Biden will ever be criminally charged. Hunter Biden will live a long life as a free man. And, and here's why I'm saying that. And I'm sorry to say it. I know you don't want to hear it. When, when people say no one is above the law, that isn't true. When your family gets to the presidency, you are above the law. And so far, that has held true throughout our entire history. And if Trump is convicted of anything, it'll be the first time that's ever happened. And that should tell you everything you need to know right there. The, the, the Biden crime family would have to be completely inept to have control of the federal government, control of the executive branch, control of the Department of Justice, control of the of the FBI, they would have to be complete three stooges inept to let anything happen to Hunter. And so it won't. So I'm not saying I don't think he did anything. I think he did plenty. But when you get into the... Um, First, you know, the, the top tier, you are above the law. You're, you're at an elevation, and, and our system doesn't work up there. I mean, come on. You, 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 however little of our history you know, you know there's no way we should have gone 250 years with no president, no one around the presidency, criminal convictions. It just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't add up. In all that time, somebody should have gone to prison. 210-599-5555. So there's a lot about, there's a lot that's come out this week about the, 
the the attempts to cover up or discredit the laptop. And we can talk about that. I and I, I'm I'm not saying I'm uninterested in it. We're going to follow it. We're going to cover it on this show. I'm not turning my back on it. I, I I would say I am not at all confident that there will ever be. And if you if you feel differently, please change my mind. I mean, tell me why you think differently. This is one of the Prince songs you don't hear very much on the radio. I, I've always loved this one. It's called Alphabet Street. I think, pretty sure it's on the Love Sexy album, but it's so many great albums, so much uh, prodigious output. Uh, when he died uh, seven years ago today, there were rumors in the days that followed that there were uh, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of songs and com- compositions in his uh vault he, he literally had a vault in his mansion and i don't know if that's true or how true that is but there's apparently a lot of unreleased material that uh, the estate has and whether we'll ever hear it or when we'll hear it i don't know but uh, a lot of great music from prince who we lost too soon seven years ago today we're going to talk more about him and hear more from him and uh, in the meantime phone lines open here at 210 599 5555. You can also email me, jack at ktsa.com. Randy says, I agree with you, Jack, that the Department of Justice is in bed with the Bidens. I believe he will be removed by the 25th Amendment. I guess Joe Biden, he means. Once it gets so apparent that the Bidens are dirty to save face, Dems will drop him like a bad habit once the evidence is overwhelming. Uh, Randy, I got to disagree with you, um, and not because I want that to be wrong, I, I wish you were right, but I don't think you are. Um, the reason Joe Biden is president is the reason Joe Biden will continue to be president. He's very useful as a vessel for the crazy far left. You couldn't possibly sell it to the American people stuff that they're doing. You have to have a very benign-looking vessel. You have to have a a bland face and an innocuous-sounding delivery system. You've got to have somebody that people look at and go, well, he's not going to shake things up. Look at him. And that's that's where his usefulness will continue. Also, they're not going to... The Democrats are not going to suddenly get a conscience and go, oh, my goodness, we're troubled by these financial dealings of the Biden family. They've known about this. They knew about it when they selected him in 2020. I mean, it, it, it isn't new. It isn't news to them. And what, I say, what I'm saying is they're not going to allow a sort of buildup of public, publicly available evidence that there's a crime here. So you'll have the whistleblower. I mean, there is an investigation. There's been an investigation. There are allegedly, according to NBC News, uh, people in the Justice Department, you know, career people that are like chomping at the bit, impatient. They want to go after Hunter. But I just don't think it'll ever happen. Because when you get to the presidency, you throw that cloak over yourself and your immediate circle or family, and nothing happens to them. So, yes. We say no one is above the law. We should say no one is above the law unless they become president. 
I, I know you don't want to hear that. I'm just, I, I have to tell you that because that's what I believe. You know, they don't, they don't pay me to tell you what you want to hear. They tell me to pay me to, t- to tell you what I think. That's what I think. But if you want to change my mind, if you want to try to tell me that you think the walls are closing in on the Biden, you know, incorporated, let's, let's have that conversation. I'll, I'll, I'll hear it out. I'll listen. 210 599 5555. And, and believe me, I wish it was true. I got to tell you a story. This, um, it's kind of popped into my head today. I, I saw a story about a, a, a woman that was disqualified from cheating in what's called an ultra marathon. Ultra marathons are extra long marathons. They're really the, the, the pinnacle of long distance running. And somewhere over in the UK, this woman ran and placed third in an ultra marathon. And now she's been disqualified. And what happened was she was running, and she got a cramp. And she realized she was not going to be able to go on. And she saw someone on the sidelines who she knew. Because when you run a marathon, if you don't finish the marathon, you need you need transportation to get to where, you know, you left your car or whatever. So anyhow, she she sees this person she knows. This person she knows picks her up. And the plan is to go to a checkpoint, a marathon checkpoint, and sort of say, hey, I'm disqualifying myself. I'm withdrawing from the race. And she was a, a, an established enough runner that she felt she needed to do that. But when she got to the checkpoint, she says they told her, you will hate yourself if you stop. So go ahead and keep running, but now you're, you're not a competitor. You know, you're just, you're just, you're just running to finish the race. This is what she said they told her. You with me so far? So she, whatever happens, it's not going to count, but she's going to finish the race. Well, when she finishes the race, they're like, hey, congratulations, you came in third in the women's division. And for some reason at that moment, she gave in to the temptation and she went along with it. So there, there she is accepting the accolades and the trophy and the prize for being third in the women's division of the ultramarathon. And they're taking pictures, and she gets all caught up in it. And then um, she gets caught. And now she's disqualified and, and really discredited in her, in her field, in her sport. When I was a kid, and, and I grew up in Boston, and we had the Boston Marathon every year, just like they had it this past Monday. And it's a huge event up there. It's, it is like having the Olympics in your city every year. People come in from all over the world. It's a major, prestigious sports tradition. And we would, we live, I lived in a town where the marathon ran right through. We could walk to the route and watch the marathon. And we did. So anyway, this is about, I'm about 14 or 15 years old. And there was this incredible finish. In the Boston Marathon, this woman named Rosie Ruiz was the women's winner. And she was not one of the leading runners in the world. She was not one of the favorites. She was not a name in the marathon business. Not only did she beat all of the prestigious favored women, but she set a record. (laughs) And she didn't look like a marathoner. She was kind of dumpy looking. No offense, but she, I mean, I am too. But marathoners are usually very, very lean, not a ounce of fat on them and she just looked like an average person and then they interviewed her and she was kind of um awkward ungainly she 
didn't really know the la- they were asking her questions and using lingo and she didn't really know it and then they asked her about the route because the marathon runs through these cities and towns of Massachusetts and she didn't really know that or have any thoughts on that and then and then the other runners although they didn't want to come off as bad sports began noting in interviews you know we didn't see her it's funny that she won because she didn't ever pass me, and I came in second or fourth or tenth or whatever, but I never saw her. And then it came out that Rosie Ruiz had not run the marathon. Rosie Ruiz had jumped onto the marathon route in the last mile, and that's why she wasn't sweaty, and that's why she wasn't breathing very hard, and that's why she didn't know the route or the terminology. She was a fake. And it was a huge embarrassment. And what it turned out, in retrospect, she, she died a few years ago and all of this was regurgitated into the news again, but w- what really happened was Rosie Ruiz was an example of wanting to believe something rather than verifying it. The story was so good. It was such a, you know, rags to riches, the outsider upsets the favorites, there was the the identity politics piece of it. There was all this stuff that people wanted to believe, and they had a hard time climbing down. They should have been skeptical immediately. She didn't look like someone that had just run 26 miles. She wasn't overcome with fatigue and sweat and and exhaustion and ache. She didn't have the body for it. You know, all these giveaways. The reason I'm telling the story is because I'm a kid and I'm watching all this happen in the news. It was, it was a big story for days. It was the lead story for days. And I remember thinking for the first time, you know, the grown-ups don't really know everything. They're not as smart as I thought they were. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you come off like you know everything, but really you can't wait to be a grown-up because grown-ups seem to seem to have control of everything and they seem to have all the answers and they make the rules and they get to run everything and 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 I think we've all had at some point in your life I'm sure you had a moment maybe many of them maybe one where you thought you know these grown-ups are not very bright or they don't really have all the answers I mean how could how stupid can you be how can you fall for this and the more time that's gone by the more ridiculous the whole Rosie Ruiz story became. But even in the moment, it, 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 it did not add up. Moral of the story, here's my point. I wonder what's going on now that kids today are looking at and going, are these adults idiots? You know, the, the, the trans in sports, the critical race theory, uh, the, 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 whistling past the graveyard of people like Biden and Fetterman and the clear compromise of their capabilities and capacity and the pretending that it's not there. The, the, um, this whole, uh, sort of cancel culture, you know, fragility, can't say words. We can't have the, uh, the Indian girl on the butter box, you know, the whole, I mean, there's got to be things, and I'm not saying it's all kids, but I'll bet you there are kids looking at this right now going, the adults may be in charge, but they probably shouldn't be. How, how dumb can you get? And 
you're going to have that moment. I think everybody does at some point growing up that disillusions you about the people in charge where you think, no, they're not. I mean, maybe for an earlier generation, it was something like the Vietnam War. I mean, they just probably thought, how stupid to do what we're doing in the way that we're doing it. So I think we're having what I wrote about it today. I think we're having a Rosie Ruiz moment, maybe several of them. But it kind of all started when I saw the story about the woman that cheated in the ultramarathon and then said, I, I didn't mean to, but it was just so easy to. <laughs> Don't you think there's people defending positions or, or, or taking political positions right now that deep down are having the same feelings she says she did? Like, this is a huge mistake, but I don't know how to get out of it. I don't know how to stop doing it. I can't climb down from this position. I, the, the, you know, I'm getting accolades. I'm getting likes. I'm getting, I'm getting praise. And, and I know, I know I've said something or I've, I've declared something or I've instituted something that's just stupid. That's just ridiculous. They don't know how to climb down. Uh, Tim, happy Friday. Good afternoon. Happy Friday, Jack. Um, Regarding uh, my comments regarding the Hunter Biden uh, fiasco and the entire uh, Biden crime family, um, you know, it's got to the point where others have said it, and I hear it all the time. I was like, I can't believe my lying eyes. You know, the truth is right before not only about this administration, but like everything we're experiencing today in life. Uh, uh, it seems like the United States as we know it is being... Uh, destroyed from within, as was predicted long ago by many that study the Soviet Union stuff has led us destroy. But what, regardless whether it's the economy, the jobs, the foreign policy, everything this administration has touched. And, and I'm going to put on my full hat for a minute and tell you where I come from or what I'm thinking. Uh, guys like Comer and Jordan in the House uh, on their committees right now, I hope they take their time. I hope they continue to dig, continue to let, uh, you know, us find out the information they're digging out to get it out there because the media is not covering it. And and the reason I say that is because, you know, I have no doubt in my mind, I firmly believe that if, if something were to come out, and I don't see any way before he hopefully ends his uh, first term, uh, Joe Biden, uh, I don't see uh, him not pardoning him his family, Hunter Biden, and every everyone else, everyone that's involved. So, I mean, just I can see pardons coming out by the hundreds out of the White House for staff or, uh, you know, everyone. And I, if if we can hold on, gather the evidence because we got a slight majority in the House, and after he leaves office, we we can hopefully avoid them uh, being prosecuted and them just being pardoned. Well, Tim, I. I, I'm not buying it, and I and I, and I, you 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 said it well, and I'm not saying I don't share your your wishes, but you're, you're talking about like when you talk about a congressional investigation versus the the federal Department of Justice. What was that team that always used to play the Harlem Globetrotters? What were they called? I forget their name. Remember how when the Harlem Globetrotters would come to town, yeah. they'd always play this team, and they'd always beat them, right? And yeah, the purpose of that team. The purpose of that team was to lose to the Harlem Globetrotters. The, the, the congressional investigators are never going to be able to beat 
the Department of Justice at their own game. Part of a congressional investigation requires the Department of Justice to cooperate. They have to ask for documents, and DOJ has to send them. That isn't going to happen, and it's not going to happen because Biden and his cronies control the Department of Justice. And I'm saying this about anybody who's president. You don't let your own Department of Justice indict your son. That's not going to happen. No, but it can be handed off to the next administration. And, and all those investigations and the results of those investigations can be handed off. And and so let me ask you this then, Tim. Why doesn't that ever happen? Why doesn't succeeding, why didn't the Bush administration take down Bill and Hillary Clinton? Why didn't Obama take down Bush? Why why didn't Trump take down Obama? Why, why, why do we already know, and you know in your heart, even as you're saying it to me, that if, if DeSantis is president or Trump is getting in there again, they're not going to take the Bidens down. They're going to have their own fights to fight. They're going to be barely hanging, keeping their head above water. They're not going to have time for that, and they're not going to do it. DeSantis will not, but I think Trump will. And as to the reason he didn't do it the first time, I think Trump jumped in and realized the pool was a lot deeper than he thought. And he had to come up to the surface. And by the time mm-hmm. he was fighting all the corruption, uh, both in the administration and in the media and everything else, I mean, look at everything they've thrown You just at him. said it. You and just answered your own question, though, Tim. You, when you become president, you are so... You have if if you are going against the deep state, you are your hands are so full with that that you can't litigate the previous administration. You're you're under impeachment the minute you get in there. You're under investigation, independent counsel, you know, uh, media investigations. You're you're not gonna you're not going to litigate the the guy that's already out and in retirement. I, I know we would like it to be that way, but you have to admit it just it never it never happens. I appreciate your call, Tim. Thank you. Well that was some that was some intense weather yesterday. Boy, it really was, especially last night. Yeah, that was crazy. All right, see if you notice what I noticed in this story, Christian. This is a it, it, it starts out very routine. Sounds like a lot of news stories we hear these days. New York State Department of Education has ruled that public school districts will no longer be allowed to use nicknames tied to Native American culture. And it goes on to say that uh, schools using names like Indians, um, Warriors, yeah. Red Raiders, um, will not, uh, they'll have to change the name. And we've heard this before. Then it says, uh, the order will allow federally or state-recognized tribal schools to continue to use the band names, mascots, and logos for their sports teams. Mm-hmm. How is it we're allowing the tribes to use their tribal name? I thought the whole point was that those names belong to them. Like, how can the state say, oh, you're, you have our permission to call yourselves the whatever the, you know whatever you are yeah, that's, that's, that's the height of arrogance to me yeah i, I can't figure i mean it, it's not a shocker i can't i'm not saying i'm surprised i can't make sense of it though at all we're we're licensing the indians tribal names back to them basically <laughs> that's yeah, that's, right. that's what it's come that's what it's come down to <laughs> um they're, they're like thanks we appreciate that clearance from you guys. Wonder if they have to pay royalties on that too. So yeah, and also I don't know. Like there was in the article, it said that some of the schools that have the name Warriors, they've reimagined their logo to be like a like a Greek warrior or a Roman mm-hmm. warrior, and they're like, we don't understand why we have to 
uh, scrap that name, and I think they're right. I mean, what that 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 is a word. Yeah, I was right? going I, I to say a minute ago because I mean, warriors that that's a very general term. That, that, if you that went spans, to war, you're a warrior, and that's across numerous cultures. That's not exclusive to Native American logo. Mm. I guess they can attack that mm. if they choose to. Mm. But mm. Um, yeah, I mean, so if Florida State was in New York, they'd mm. have to drop Seminoles. If Florida State was in New York, they'd have a lot of problems. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right, they have more problems than just that would, That'd be just yeah. the beginning of their problems. All right, sir, <laughs> we got the dish coming up after 6. You can join the show anytime, 210-599-5555. want to play this for you. Don Lemon on CNN is interviewing the grandson of the guy who shot and wounded 16-year-old Ralph Yarl. Uh, near Kansas City. Remember, we talked about this story earlier in the week. Uh, this young man goes to the door of the wrong house. He's trying to pick up his twin little brothers, and he's just at the wrong house, and he's ringing the bell, and the the dude inside gets freaked out and, and shoots him. He has survived, but there's serious injuries, and the homeowner is now facing a raft of charges. So CNN gets hold of this real uh <laughs> don cooper what's the word i want here this guy looks like a piece of work i i don't know how to say it he this is apparently the grandson of the shooter i'm pretty sure he's not his favorite grandson and listen to this conversation he has with don lemon cut number eight do you believe your grandfather is racist uh, i believe he held some holds racist tendencies beliefs why do you say that uh he's just a stock american christian male it's uh older you know that's just how they are it's uh the conspiracies and weird random racist things they say yeah so and it doesn't make sense but they're just scared now listen you're generalizing uh, a lot here about you hold on hold on when even when even don lemon gets nervous about the generalizing you know you have a problem even don lemon is like tugging at his collar like "Uh uh-oh i'm not liking this all right keep going now listen you're generalizing uh, a lot here about you said older christian white males (laughs) but what do you mean by that what do you mean they're scared talk to me more please uh yeah just uh i feel like a lot of people of that generation are caught up in this uh, 24-hour news cycle of fear and paranoia perpetuated by some other news stations. And he was fully into that, sitting and watch uh, Fox News all day, every day, blaring <laughs> there it is. in his living room. <laughs> and I think that stuff really kind of reinforces this yeah. negative view of, of minority groups and leads people to be a little... It doesn't necessarily lead people to be racist, but it reinforces and galvanizes how many, people. How many relatives did CNN have to go through to find the one that would give them a promo. It's a promo for CNN. Yeah, if you watch Fox News, first of all, all you white Christian males are the same. Imagine if I got on here and said, you know, I'd like to talk about some of the tendencies of uh, black males. I wouldn't be here on Monday. They might not let me finish today. I don't know. But then what I think is is so sort of telling is that his point is that his grandfather is seeing Ralph Yarl as a type, right? 
he didn't see the individual at his door. He saw a type. It was a type that he had been trained to fear by Fox News and the right wing. But isn't the grandson making his grandfather a type? Well, you know how these white Christian males are. I gave, I'll give you, uh, I guarantee you, I, I'll, I'll bet you a dozen donuts that, and if you see this guy, you'll know what I'm talking about. The grandfather probably hassled him about his, his, uh, his dreads or his look or his whatever, lack of a job or whatever. He's just kind of a, he, he looks like, he just looks like mediocrity. And, um, I, I guarantee you anything, this is the kid that the grandfather doesn't approve of. So now he's on with Don Lemon. Throwing him under the bus. Look, I don't, um, I don't have any sympathy for the shooter. It, I think what he did from everything I've heard so far, and, and I'll reserve judgment, but up to this point, I think he was wrong. I, I think he, uh, overreacted. I think he, he could have killed this young man. I don't think Ralph Yarl did anything so far. Not, nothing I've heard, uh, merits any kind of a response, much less a deadly one. Um, so I, I have no sympathy at this point from what I know, for the shooter. But good grief, I almost start to, watching this guy get stomped by his grandson on CNN. That's just how they are. That's just how they are. And you know they're loving it in the control room at CNN because that's basically their competitive posture against Fox. Well, it's... it's hate television and it trains people to be racist and so forth and so on and you know I, I I think I think when you hear people say we need to have a conversation about racism maybe what we need is a conversation about the conversation because most of what I hear when people claim to be having a conversation about racism are these kinds of broad sweeping assumptions whether they're making assumptions about white people, about Christians, about police officers, about conservatives, about Republicans, about people that voted for Donald Trump. It, it always, it, it's always interesting to me that the people making generalizations are always so quick to scream that you should not make them and that no one should make them. Yeah, no one except them. Everything that comes out of their mouth is a generalization. Remembering uh, Prince, Prince Rogers Nelson, who we lost on this day in uh, 2016. He was only 57, sold over 100 million records, uh, won every award in the music business, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, not only uh, prolific in his own uh, work under his own name, but uh, basically had like this whole talent tree uh, Paisley Park Records, where he, you know, he spawned all these other acts, Morris Day and Sheila E. and all of these other, uh, incredible people. And then songs that were covered by other artists. You think of like Manic Monday by the Bangles or Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, so many others. And, um, only 57. 
We'll hear more from him coming up. Uh, we've got the dish coming up after six. We're going to talk restaurants. If you've not uh, been with us on a Friday or you're new to our show or new to KTSA, Friday nights between six and seven, we, we uh, put everything else off to the side. We talk about your most recent restaurant experience, wherever that was. And you just, like you would recommend a restaurant to a friend, you make the call. 210-599-5555. Do you believe Hunter Biden will ever actually face criminal charges? There's breaking news this afternoon that his lawyers want to meet with the DOJ. There's been a lot of mainstream media coverage to the effect that there may be, uh, th- this may be building to a head or coming to the point of charges. I will believe it the day it happens, and I'm not even sure I'll believe it then, but... Um, I don't think he will. I, I, and I don't think the, the Bidens will be taken down or politically defeated or that the Democrats will use the 25th Amendment or that they will, will not renominate Joe Biden in 2024. I mean, maybe Biden himself will, um, back down or back out, although he's said to be announcing that he's running next week. Um, but I, to me, it's very simple. A, he was Joe Biden was very useful to the progressive radical left in 2020, and they can use him again. Um, B, political parties never climb down from a position they've taken. They never come out and say, hey, everybody, we were wrong, or we made a mistake, or we've rethought. They're not built for that. They don't do it. Thirdly, Team Biden controls all the mechanisms of the of the criminal justice system. They'd have to be complete nitwits to not spike, suppress, threaten, uh, intimidate away any uh, serious action. It just there's like a um, it's like the waterline in politics when you get to the presidency. You're out of reach. You know what? If you want to get away with crime in this country, get elected president. Because we don't indict presidents and their sons and their daughters and their wives and their husbands, and we're not going to do it. I don't think. You tell me what you think. 210-599-5555 on KTSA. You saw the story in the news about that parking garage that collapsed in uh, Manhattan. I think it was Tuesday. Um. And it was very frightening. Uh, it wound up that one person was killed, but for a while they were concerned that there might be many people trapped in the wreckage. It was a parking garage that had been built about 60 years ago. It wasn't a very big one, but um, what people are now saying about it is very interesting. They're Obviously, they're investigating the, the you know inspections and code and what have you. But I, I was reading today, and this, this was a report out of England, but it would be applicable here as well. Older parking garages in cities all over the globe may have to be reevaluated in light of electric cars. Because when you build them and you say it's built to accommodate X number of vehicles per level, okay? That was when vehicles weighed much less than EVs do. Now, this isn't me running down EVs. Because every time we talk about this, I, some EV owner gets all, why do you hate us? I, 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 I don't even think about you. I'm not hating you. 
But the rush to mandate these things, the the government-induced, politician-induced uh, pressure to convert immediately is going to get people hurt and killed in a lot of ways, and maybe this is going to be one of them. I mean, I don't know what the average weight difference is, but I know, for example, that that new uh, Hummer pickup is about, you know, 3,000 pounds heavier than a comparable full-size gasoline pickup. And I would imagine that there's some difference of several hundred to maybe a 1,000 or more pounds difference in passenger cars, let's say uh, comparing a Tesla to a comparable internal combustion car. So, you know, if you want them, fine. If we're going to have them, fine. But where is the planning? Where is the, let's look at the whole soup to nuts picture and say, well, we've got to have, you know, we, we've talked about this. We've got to have charging stations. We've got to have generate more electricity. We've got to have capacity for this and capacity for that. And now we've got to think about, well, what if a bunch of EVs are, are on the top level of a parking garage that wasn't built to carry that weight? There was a story that came out the other day that said um, electric cars are uh, excluding AM radios, uh, the makers of EVs are not putting AM radios in the cars, and they're saying it's because there's interference between the electromagnetic frequencies in the motors and AM radios. So brands like uh, Tesla, BMW, Ford, Volkswagen, and others are saying uh, we'll, we'll no longer make that available. Now, I, I will say that I don't know the science, and, and there may be a, an interference issue. But right away, there were two reactions to this. And the first was that AM radio in most parts of the country is the primary way that people get emergency information like a tornado, a hurricane, weather, the weather we had last night. Secondly, people started saying, well, that's interesting that AM radio, which is where a lot of conservative news and talk would live, uh, would suddenly be, uh, if you will, deplatformed. Now, in fact... If you are a radio listener, and I assume right now you probably are, that was a dumb thing to say, you know that a lot of stations like KTSA also have an FM frequency, also stream. So the AM signal is not absolutely the be-all and end-all, but it, it, it would make a difference. I mean, if suddenly there were a lot of people driving cars that could not get AM, that would take off the table uh, a fair amount of information, emergency alerts and content it it could be this could all be remedied i mean you could you could fix this you could you could move that stuff over to other places but but again there's no um the the whole thrust of this is urgency now do it now We've got to make it right now. We've got to phase out this now. Everybody's got to switch to that now. Does that make you suspicious? And I said the other day, you're not being sold, you're being told. If this was a good idea, we'd be clamoring for it. We'd be banging on the doors of the factories. Build them more. Build them faster. Here's our money. We want them. That's not what's happening. It makes you wonder. You've waited all week. You've been waiting. Monday, you 
got through a Tuesday, he got through a Wednesday, he started to smell it Thursday, you were right on top of it, and now it's here, it's Friday, it's time to rock and roll, break out the speakers, blow your cars and get up, get home, get to your stuff, and get ready to rock because it's Friday, whoa, Jack Riccardi. We're also available in Lemon Scent. No, just want to see if you're listening. Uh, we're also available as a full episode podcast, so if you don't catch the live show Monday through Friday from 4 to 7, or if that's not your optimum time uh, for listening, you can uh, grab the podcast, take it with you on a walk in the morning, or catch up with it at night or on weekends. Uh, just go to KTSA.com, pull down the on-demand menu, or look for the Jack Riccardi Show and other places where you get podcasts. 210-599-5555. Our uh, EVs, which weigh much more than similarly sized gasoline-powered cars, going to be a problem for parking garages, elevated roadways, bridges, uh, other infrastructure, uh, probably. Uh, do they have a plan for that? Nope. Just like they don't have a plan for the charging stations or generating more electricity, uh, PDQ. I mean, the same people that are demanding electric cars are killing the generation of electricity. So that has led me and others to come up with what may sound to you like a tinfoil hat idea, but I don't think we're all meant to have cars in this new future of theirs. It's not going to be a one-to-one thing. Like, if you have two cars in the driveway now, there'll just be two electric cars in X number of years. It might just be one. Or it might be none. If you're not that well off and you're thinking, boy, I sure hope the prices come down because it doesn't look good for me. I don't think that's necessarily the plan. I think the plan is that sometime in the future, owning a car will be something that denotes, you know, upper income, privilege. And leave it to these clowns to undo the, you know, a car in every garage democratization of the automobile that we achieved in this country a century ago. Leave it, leave it to them, people that have never built anything, invented anything, had an original idea, and are tearing down the accomplishments of others. You know, we're, <laughs> we've got a lot of people like this dude that was throwing his grandfather under the bus. L- leave it to this, gr- this crowd to undo a hundred years of personal transportation, freedom, and progress, because I do think that's the goal. So I'm not sure what we're pointing out here is, oh, we didn't think of that. I think what we're pointing out here is that's the plan. Because, you know, you you could solve a lot of problems with controlling people, with, the, 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 you know, the little people getting uppity and getting ideas and getting rebellious. You can solve a lot of problems if they can't get around without your help. If they have to wait for your bus or your train or your light rail or your trolley, if they can only go where your thing goes and when it goes, and if you can just turn it off anytime they get a little too rowdy or they get some ideas or they want to vote, you know, 
or they want to go out during a pandemic, you know. I mean, you can solve a lot of problems. They didn't have their own wheels. Just saying. Something to think about. Mark is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Mark, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I can. Hey, yeah, I, was just, I just had a comment on this uh, uh, AM radio thing about uh, electric cars. Uh, first of all, uh, the only thing that would interfere would be the electric motors with the radio, not vice versa. And that could be, and it's, you know, like when you drive through high power lines and you hear it on AM, you hear the noise. Well, that's because of the, the frequencies of the, the power lines. And if your motors are generating all kinds of frequencies, which would interfere with AM radio, all they'd have to do is shield the motors and you wouldn't have that issue because mm-hmm. it's not shielding the radio because it comes in through the antenna. Okay. Well, I think you're probably and, right. I, I don't know the technology, but you're probably right. But I also think that, that ultimately you could always have the same content that's on AM radio, on FM, on stream. It's not that people won't be able to get it. They'll just get it another way. Oh, that's true. But I'm just saying that I don't know why that, that even brought up because it's a, it's a fairly minor fix. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, then let me ask you this. I, I work, if it's a, mi- I work if it's a minor... If it's a minor fix, why are the car companies saying we're going to drop AM radios from our EV models? Well, it could be partially from what he, he just mentioned that a lot of AM radios have the conservative talk shows. Oh, maybe okay. that's. But but I thought part, your point was problem. that it's an easy. Your your point is that it's an easy problem to fix, right? Y- yes. Okay, but it's if not, that's true, they, they, yeah. If that's true, and you sound like you know your stuff, so you, it probably is true. Why would the people that make the cars say um, we we're, we're going to drop them? I have no idea what their agenda is, but it probably yeah. has something to do, like I said, with the conservative with the content. Talk. Yeah. 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 Although, wouldn't they know that that's not really going to eliminate that content because there's other ways to get it? You would think so, but I, I've i known a lot of liberals, and they don't seem to think very logically. <laughs> mm. No, that's true. All right, Mark, thank you. I appreciate the call. Um, I, I'll tell you what I think it is. Um, I've got to be careful here because, obviously, I don't want to ding my own business model, but... Um, there is there is a there is a little bit of a of a generational thing going on here i mean we we experience it with this show and and i think other people in radio would admit it i'll just say it out loud our younger listeners um ha- probably have never been on the am radio band they are they are getting us via the stream they're getting us via the fm frequency uh they're getting the podcast and it's going to, um, all of that is an evolutionary thing. It's going to happen. But, but I do think there is probably some hope that you can at least temporarily derail, deplatform, de- deflate the popularity of maybe nationally syndicated shows and things like that that are carried on AM radio stations. I can just tell you that people that want that stuff are going to get it. Uh, 
people that distribute that stuff and make that content like me are going to find ways to get it out. It's not, that's not like, that's not the, 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 the end of, of the content. And so he may be right that that's what they're trying to do, but it won't work. But to me, the bigger question is every time somebody asks a what about question regarding EVs, like the question about the parking garages, it, there is no good answer. And I believe the reason for that is not, I mean, I, I hear what he's saying. There's a lot of, you know, dim bulbs, but I actually think the plan here is fewer cars. If you can wrap your head around that idea, I mean, you and I have grown up in a, in an auto industry that was always trying to sell more cars, right? The maximum number. It was, it was a sales race. And in the, in the old days, it was mainly, you know, Ford versus Chevy or Ford versus General Motors. And I mean, it was pumping them out and, and advertising them and cutting prices and rebates and aggressive advertising and radical, uh, sexy designs and so forth and what have you. And a new grill every year and a new, but, but you see now, now we're, we're, we're sort of nationalizing that industry. That industry is now letting the politicians do the product planning. Don't ask me why. But they are. And the government, the politicians, they're not interested in how many Fords can be sold this year or how many uh, of this brand or this model can be. They're interested in power. Is there more power in people having cars and trucks and SUVs and crossovers and a family having two or three vehicles? Or is there more power in fewer and I think there's clearly more power in fewer. And if you look at what happened to this country from about the uh, early 20th century to now, the proliferation of the car is the proliferation of freedom. F- freedom for young people, get away from your family, get away from the town you grew up in, freedom to move to another place, freedom to travel, freedom to do what you want, when you want, freedom to go to meetings and meet with other like-minded people and plan, you know, public events, politics, what have you. If you can take that from people or you can limit that or you can, you know, govern that, that's power. And what if that's what this is really all about? Because I don't see any indication that they've got a one-to-one replacement plan where where, where it's clearly going to be well, don't worry, you'll just you'll still have a car, it'll just be electric. I saw a story that said, oh, good news, this was uh, CNBC, good news, everybody, the $25,000 electric vehicle is right around the corner, and this is going to change everything. And I read the article, and the $25,000 electric vehicle is a tiny little micro car. So if you've got a husband, wife, and a couple of kids, and a dog, you're not going to live in this thing, you're not going to be able to do anything with this, this isn't going to be for you. So they think you're going to take Chevy Tahoe money and spend it on a micro car. Obviously, you're not. And unless they're planning on gelding all of us and we're not going to have kids anymore, these are not, this is not a plan for families. This may be a great plan if you live in the city and you're just going out for a matcha latte once in a while, but this isn't how real people live. So, 
their idea of, oh, we've solved the problem, it's going to be great. Geraldo Rivera was talking about it the other day, and people ripped him. Oh, electric vehicles are going to be so affordable. Yeah, look at the size of the ones that they're talking about. And this tax credit they keep touting, it's amazing how few people actually qualify for that. And um, and then, of course, there's all the issues of charging and capacity and the stuff about the parking garages and the elevated roads and the and the battery life and the re- and the recycling or repurposing of battery packs and all of it just to me and I know it sounds very tinfoil hat you can you can laugh at me I don't mind all of it says to me the plan is for fewer cars this all works if there are fewer cars the thing about any discussion of electric cars it's like anything else we talk about that's woke it is easier for people to take the woke position it is safe. You, you can't be, like, you can't be too woke, right? You can't express an opinion. You can't get canceled. And it's the same thing with EVs. The harder you cheer for EVs, the more you strain your neck cords to, to express your enthusiasm, and you can't wait. You're safe. And so there's a lot of just cowards who take that position because they feel like no one will lay a finger on them. They won't get hurt. They won't get yelled at. And these beta men, that's the thing they're most afraid of, is somebody will yell at them. I mean, I'm just asking questions that are common sense questions. And and if there are good answers to them, why isn't anybody supplying them? Right? So rather than go down this insane idea, this insane road of, forcing everybody into something that we can't have, that we can't use, that we're not ready for, that we're not built out for. I'm just asking questions. And I'm not even saying you couldn't solve these problems, but they haven't been solved. There isn't a plan to solve them. In fact, the people that are in charge are espousing policies that would not solve them. It's not like we have pro-energy and uh, you know production people in charge. If we did, maybe this would be different. So you go along with the EV thing for the same reason that you go along with, you know, Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> because it's you figure, well, if I'm an ardent supporter of whatever all the correct people are saying, I'll be in with them. There's safety in numbers. They won't cancel me. But you know you're wrong. You know that position is wrong. You know it doesn't make sense. Think how many people are, are voicing those opinions taking that side, and they hate themselves when they look in the mirror. They know, I'm a fraud. I can't back this up. This will never work. This isn't what the science says. This isn't common sense. Their only hope is not even that they won't get eaten, but that maybe they'll get eaten last, as the saying goes. So anyway... We've got the dish coming up. We'll get to your calls on that. Don't forget, you can always hit the Jack Chat line if you don't get through on the live show or you're not listening live. Leave a comment with your name, first, uh, your first name, your uh, city or town, and your comment at 210-599-5550. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread had a fight. Beans, not cornbread, out of sight. Beans. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Beans. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I've been ready. I've 
All right. On 550 and 107.1 KTSA, it's Friday night. It doesn't feel like night. I mean, it's broad daylight out, but it's it's Friday evening. It's Friday late afternoon, early evening, whatever. Twilight time, whatever. And this is where we talk restaurants on our show. We set aside the last hour of the last show of the week to talk about going out to eat. So whether you are coming back from a lunch or dinner now, or you had one today, or you went out sometime this week, or you had a special occasion you celebrated, or maybe you tried a new restaurant, or you found one that's new to you, or you want to sing the praises of an old favorite, a place you've been going to for years and years. We love those. Anything like that, make the call to the dish at 210-599-5555. It's, it's not a restaurant review. It's just a recommendation. Right? We're just, we're just people that like to eat, talking about places that we think other people might like. And, uh, the way it works is you call 210-599-5555. You have the complete correct name of the restaurant. And you can either praise or zing. Go, go easy on me now. Uh Go easy on me. I think I think Kamala Harris has the record for the most uh, zings, Don. I think you've... Uh, it'll be a sad day when you don't have Kamala Harris zings anymore. All right, so praise or zing, 210-599-5555. We're talking all kinds of restaurants, any kind of price, any part of town, outside San Antonio, inside. Uh, could be drive-through, could be takeout, could be dine-in, fast food, white linen tablecloth, anything. 210-599-5555. Um, we've been playing some music from Prince today. We'll have more of that coming up. It's the uh, sixth anniversary of his passing, his untimely uh, early uh, passing. We've got some other stuff we'll talk about as we go along. Do you know today is the day in 1963 that the Rolling Stones and the Beatles met for the first time? This is this is the first time they met. I don't I don't imagine they spent a lot of time together anyway. But this is the first time they met at a at a bar called the Crawdaddy Club, nineteen sixty three. And um, when they met and they were introducing themselves to one another uh, in nineteen sixty three, the Beatles could not get over how old Keith Richards looked. No, I'm just making that. All right, 210-599-5555 as we talk restaurants uh, on the dish. Kind of geeked out on this story. Uh, divers off the coast of Connecticut have discovered the wreckage of an experimental submarine that was built in 1907. It was called the Defender. Now, if you know anything about submarines, this is very early in the submarine game, very early. These divers have been interested in the story of the Defender for years, and there's a lot of stuff down there. But they knew it had a very distinct shape. They knew the exact dimensions of it. It's 100 feet long. It's 13 feet in diameter. So they just scanned and ruled things out until they found the one thing that most closely fit those dimensions. And uh, they had a lot of trouble getting to it. It's 150 feet uh, down. It's kind of hiding in plain sight. 
the, I guess local mariners have known there was something down there forever, but only now have they made the connection that it's the Defender. And um, the plan right now is to definitely preserve it, but not necessarily bring it up. It used to be in the old days when they would find something like that. The goal was always to bring it up, but now they're, now they're finding that in some cases the best thing to do is leave it and protect it right where it is, so... I like that stuff. I find that interesting. 210-599-5555 as we talk restaurants on the dish, any kind of food, any kind of restaurant. And we'll get to the results on the JR poll later in this hour. Let's start with Matt on the dish on KTSA. Happy Friday, Matt. Yes, thank God it's Friday. Yes. So what's up? Well, I have a zing for a formerly absolute favorite pizza place, Mod Pizza. Okay, what happened? I've been going there for years, and if you go in and you ask for the mod, you're supposed to be able to get anything that you want on it, and it's mod literally means made on demand. And I always get a specific set of ingredients, and I always have it topped off by two helping of mozzarella on the top. The last mm-hmm. time I went to the one in the forum, I got the ingredients that i wanted but there were smaller portions and when they finished i i noticed this right away as they're putting it on the pizza and when i asked for the mozzarella to top it off they used a scoop that's half the size of the regular scoop to put one scoop of mozzarella on top i asked for more and the young lady she obviously hadn't worked there very long she says i can't put that on they won't let me so I said, well, can I talk to the manager? So she went back and talked with the manager. The manager never came up, but the manager told her, go ahead and put another scoop on there. So she put another one of those half scoops on there, mm-hmm. and that was that was it. And that's also the last time I've gone to that mod pizza. I went to another one in Colorado a couple of weeks ago, and it's the same company policy nationwide. Mm. That mm. cut down on the size of the portions you can get, mm. and then limiting what you can get. And to me, made on demand means what yeah. I want on it and the portion yeah. sizes I want on it. So, did they um, did they increase their price or just reduce their amounts? Reduce their portions. The price is still the same. Yeah. What if they? Ha- I'm just curious because we we know you know we all know that the, the price of all these things is going up. Would you have been okay if they kept the same quantity but increased the price? Yes, that's fair. No. I'm fine I'm fine with that. Macaroni Cuz I mean a pizza has to have uh, stuff on it. I mean you you know, it's not worth anything if they don't put enough stuff on it. Right. And I I don't want that little thin thing. I want right. certain stuff on right. it and yeah. you know. It's kind of a meat lover and cheese lovers pizza on the same mm-hmm. thing, on the same pizza. I've never been to it, but is it sort of like um, is it sort of like Subway or one of those places, Chipotle, or one of those places where you kind of go down the line and you they build it for you as you go? Is that how it works? Yes, and then they okay. put it in the oven. I think it's about seven hundred and fifty degrees, and it cooks in mm-hmm. just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty good, but you know they're yeah. cutting back on the portion sizes and hmm. uh, macaroni grill. They actually came out with an inflation item put on the bill Mm -hmm. and i asked the manager about it and she says well we considered raising prices 
Mm. But we thought this would be more direct and uh, clear yeah. to people what you're paying for. And I said, well, yeah. I appreciate that. I would rather have that than the prices go up or the portion sizes go down and right. they don't tell me why. Right. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Matt, a zing for Mod Pizza, 8134 Agora Parkway in the forum because of smaller, skimpy topping portions at Mod Pizza. Go, go easy on me now. Uh-oh. Go mm. easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> Our last call on Mod was... Uh, that's, that's so creepy. Our last uh, call on Mod was uh, September of 21, and that was praise for uh, the pizza at that time. That was an interesting call. The reason why I'm chiming in, because I had a similar experience, but at a subway. Oh, uh, really? Not too uh, long ago. I, have, I, I, I don't do subway too often. It's, it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't you know, compute with me much anymore like it used to. But I, 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 I just had a, a desire for a subway sandwich, and I went in. And just like most people, you know, we kind of like a little salad on our sandwiches, you know, some extra lettuce, maybe some extra well, onions are you supposed and to, things I mean, like that. With Subway, you ask for, like, you pick those things out, right? Absolutely. You yeah. can, you know, you can choose what you want to do on the sandwich. So anyway, I'm asking, I like extra tomatoes on my on my sandwich. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of guy like that. And mm-hmm. I said, can you put some extra tomatoes on there? And And he said... Uh, no, sir, we cannot do that. I can only allow you four slices of tomatoes on your sandwich. And I, and I asked, well, is, is there a shortage on tomatoes? He said, no, it's coming from corporate. Yeah. They, they're, yeah. they're telling us to cut back on, uh, the veggies. And, uh, so. I, and I'm sure, you know what? Let's be nice to the poor people at the counter because I oh, am sure absolutely. at restaurants all over yes. the country, they're, they're facing angry customers. Sure. And it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm kind of with you and 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 the gentleman that called about mod. I, I give me give me the right quantity, and if you got to charge me more, charge right, me more. Right. Put it I, on the board. I'll decide if I want to pay it or not. But absolutely. you can't be making people you know half quantities and pizzas with not enough cheese on them, and that's not going to work. Well, I just haven't noticed a, a shortage on tomatoes. I just thought that was odd that that uh, there was a particular number of tomatoes they could put on on this that's, sandwich. So it's like, would you like to? Wouldn't you like to read that memo? <laughs> the, the tomato slice memo. Effective immediately. But I would have glad and to per pay. per our research. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I would have glad to pay that, you know, extra for yeah. some extra tomatoes on the sandwich. Why not? Maybe just you could start carrying around extra. tomato slices there with you. There you go. Don. There you, you know, go. just have them, have them with you. And that Which way you what can I slap did. some on. When I took it home, I put some. <laughs> I Doctored it up at home. A couple there of tomatoes at home. Absolutely. The customer is always right. 210-599-5555. Praise or zing. Your most recent restaurant experience. And and where do you stand on the question that I asked him? In other words, would you rather restaurants cut back on like the size of something, the quantity of something, or are you willing to pay more if they will keep the serving size the same? Because we do know that stuff like cheese costs more. It just it just does, and it's they got to give somewhere. So, uh, do you want do you want to pay more, or do you want to settle for less?
624 on KTSA. Honoring his royal purpleness today. He was uh, lost to us seven years ago today. Prince and... um, a really uh, major Elvis Presley milestone coming up that we're going to talk about later on in this hour. This is the last hour of our show for this week, and we call it The Dish, and we talk about restaurants. And it's a tradition. We've been doing it a long time. And it's very easy to get into. It's not hard to do. If you've been out to eat this week, if you went for lunch, if you went for dinner, if you went for breakfast tacos, if you went for a donut, if you if you went to a place that's new, or a place that you hadn't been to before, or you just went to a place that's your your standby, your go-to. You can praise or zing the food, the price, the service, 210-599-5555. We'll hear your praise or zing. We'll have uh, getting your last-minute votes in the JR poll question and the results on the JR poll uh, coming up here as well on KTSA. We have a little bit of breaking news also tonight. The Supreme Court has granted a stay on lower court orders that would have restricted the use of the so-called abortion pill. Now, you know that this is working its way through the courts. It's an abortion drug. It has it has uh, a renewed, uh, I guess you could say a renewed, what, importance or emphasis because of, of changing abortion laws around the country. So anyway, what, what had happened was a lower court uh, had uh, curbed it, and the Supreme Court says um, status quo as it works through the appeals process. It was a 7-2 to vote by the Supreme Court with Justices Thomas and Alito uh, dissenting. So the, the Fifth Circuit decision to restrict um, the abortion pill, for example, sending it through the mail, using it later in a pregnancy, those restrictions uh, will not take effect. This after the Department of Justice had filed an emergency appeal earlier this week so that's we'll have more on that from abc coming up in a few minutes and in the meantime your calls at 210-599-5555 as we talk restaurants on the dish you can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience um i was reading today about a man who's 109 years old lives in new jersey he's lived in the same house since 1945 vincent dransfield Drives his own car, goes out for lunch, runs his own errands, buys his own groceries, uh, does his own laundry in the basement of his two-story house. His family says he's completely independent. They asked him, how do you feel? He says, how do I feel? Let's go out to a dance somewhere. How about that? That's how I feel. He says, I've been very, very, very lucky. I feel perfect. He says he doesn't have... Uh, back aches or other aches and pains. He doesn't get headaches. His uh, granddaughter is an occupational therapist. She can't get over it. You know, I, I realize stories like this, it, 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 they always rave about how the person that's lived to be over 100 years old is doing so well and is so... I, and I'm not trying to rain on this man's parade. God bless him. But, I mean, think about it. If he's lived to be 109, then he's that kind of person, right? I mean, like, these stories are always the same, right? The person is always cheerful and chipper and pain-free and independent and feisty and 
You never read one of these where the person's like 104 and they're like, hey, oy, I, I, I hate my life. Why did I live so long? I want to see that interview one time where the person's like, hey, why am I still alive? You have no idea. See, you don't live, if, you're in the, if that's your, your, your outlook, you're probably not going to make it to 100. Dransfield has three grandchildren, seven great-grandchildren, uh, his wife passed away over 30 years ago. Uh, recently, his family celebrated his 109th birthday earlier this month with pizza and carrot cake. So, and I always ask people, um, you know, what your secret is. And I always like it when it's like some little old, sweet little old grandmother. You know, it's like some really like just adorable little 108 year old. She's got like doilies on the arms of her chair and they, they ask her, what's her secret? And she's like, Canadian club, a double every afternoon. You know, I just, I, I love that. I love when their advice flies in the face of modern medicine. Like I'm using real butter. I'm putting sugar in my coffee. I'm, I'm drinking beer every day. You know, just, I love that. I love, love, love that. And all these people around us that are eating, you know, plant-based meat, they haven't had real butter since 1978. Are they going to live to be 109? I don't think so. I don't think so. These are the people. Been in the same house since 1945. And I'll bet there's a lot of stuff in that house, right? You know there is from 1945, right? Like he's like one of those guys. You know he's one of those guys that's like, it still works just fine, you know. What do you want to bet? Like he has, a, he has a phone book, right? That man has a phone book somewhere in that house. May not have a phone, but I'll bet you anything he has a phone book. Anyway, good luck to him. Vincent Dransfield, 109 years old. We're talking restaurants on the dish. You can praise or zing where you had lunch today, dinner tonight, sometime this week, an old favorite place of yours. Praise or zing the food, the price, the service. Uh, if there's a special dish there that when people go, that's the best thing to get on the menu or the first thing you should try when you go, tell us that. If you're zinging them, where did it go off the rails? Where did it go wrong? 210 599 Fifty-five, fifty-five to praise or zing a restaurant on the dish. We're going to see how you voted in the JR poll coming up here on KTSa. A man in Japan. I don't know if I'm reading this right. I hope I am. It says here a man in Japan recently spent. Is this possible? Fifteen thousand dollars on a collie costume, and is now spending his life playing with dog toys. And receiving tummy rubs. He likes to be called Toko. He's had a lifelong fantasy of becoming a collie. He uh, shows off on his YouTube channel. By the way, you don't see many collies with their own YouTube channel. It's 
It's not a collie thing. It says on his YouTube channel, he shows videos of himself being taken for walks and receiving belly rubs, getting cozy inside his crate. He commissioned the costume last year from a company that makes theatrical costumes and has been enjoying life as a dog ever since. Um, he does admit that some of his friends think it's weird. <laughs> I would say, um, no, sir, some of your friends are honest. The rest of them are lying to you, but okay. Uh, I'm looking at pictures of him, um, and the word that comes, he's, he's adorable. He, 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 is a, he is a very believable collie. I would not adopt him. Because I'm really looking for a German Shepherd, so he's just not my type. But uh, would you would you want a dog that was actually a person inside the dog costume? I mean, is that does that appeal to you? I mean, I guess it's kind of a twofer, you know. You've got a you've got um, man's best friend, and you know, if need be, you've also got a best friend. You know, I mean, he's got to take it off sooner or later, right? Um, he says he decided to go with Collie because it was the most realistic uh, look for him. He felt that it fit his dimensions. He's 56 years old, by the way, so it's this is something he's thought about and dreamed about a long time. He even wrote in his high school yearbook that he wanted to be a dog. So, <laughs> As so many of us have. Yeah, that's it. Toko the Collie. 210-599-5555. Now, I, I just had one, one thought. When you give a dog, an actual real dog, a belly rub, like, Don, you have a dog, right? I have a dog. When you give a real dog a belly rub, that area you're rubbing is their belly. But I'm kind of thinking based on the dimensions of a human being. I'm not sure that's what you're rubbing when you rub Toko's belly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just... Maybe that's the story here, you know? Mm. By the way, one other thing. He doesn't seem like a person that will live to be 109. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say I don't <laughs> feel like he's going to make it like the guy in New Jersey. All right, 210-599-5555. See, we thought we had problems in this country with Dylan Mulvaney. That's Japan. Japan's looking it over us like, that's your biggest thing is the guy with the beer? Yeah, come on. Look what we've got here. Look what we're dealing with here. Uh, We're talking restaurants on the dish. We've got Bob here next on the radio on KTSA. Happy Friday, Bob. Happy Friday to you, too. Well, you know, sometimes I'm called a dog, too, but I don't dress up like it. Mm, yeah, I would avoid that if I were you. Got to have, got to have limits. Anyway, uh, yeah, I started Taco House. Uh, mm-hmm. I just ate the lunch yesterday, and uh, the uh, they got the fish plates, which is really good. And uh, and also too, they make their own tartar sauce, which is really good. Wow! When you say fish plate, was it a fish taco? No, it's fish plate. It's oh, a, fish plate. Okay. Yeah, they call it Oscar Taco House, but. They uh, they're actually famous for their fish plates. Huh? And their fish. What does that come with? Like, what else is on the plate? Uh, it's a salad, uh, fries. Mm, and nice. It, uh, yeah, and it's uh, about three pieces. You can get a three piece, six piece, or oh, whatever, whatever you want. Mm. I'll tell you what, it's fresh. 
you know, it sucked and the service was good. And uh, overall, but uh, I've been uh, I've been, been been going there for a lot of times. In fact, a friend mm-hmm. of mine has a shop across the street, which I go my car. So uh, it's yeah, they're good good fish place. Excellent. We've had a had a, a few calls over the years for Oscar's Oscar's Taco House. Uh, Oscar's Taco House is seven oh five Bartlett Place off of Zarzamora and Frio City Road. And our last call was October of twenty twenty, and uh, that was also about the fish plate. So praise for Oscar's Taco House on the dish. There it is. There it is. All right, 210-599-5555 as we talk restaurants and get to your calls to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. We were talking earlier about the guy that was on the um, Southwest flight. Do you still have that audio, Don? Can we play that again? This guy was on a a flight uh, going to Florida, and um, there was a baby crying on the plane. When isn't there a baby crying on the plane? I mean, it's always the case. You, you, You know, you... You almost have to just plan for that. That's why so many people have earbuds or noise-canceling headphones or watch a movie or whatever. Well, this guy just went off. Take a listen to this. I was, I was sleeping the whole time. You never served me anything. No, no, no. Try to keep my mind I wasn't on this planet. You get trying, trying on the flight. Non-f***ing stop. That's what's that. Can you show her that voice? No, that's not. No, 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 no. No. Let's be rational. Hold on, hold on. You want to be rational? No, 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 no. Let's be rational. We are in a f***ing 10K with a baby in a echo chamber, and you want to talk to me about being a f***ing okay? Okay, because you're yelling. So is the baby. Okay, so Did that motherfucker actually yell? Okay, no. I don't know what has happened to us. I really don't. I'm not defending, by the way. Look, it's not it's not cool when you travel with children or babies. You can't just let them wail away. I mean, you gotta you gotta do your best. When I see a parent and that parent is is trying and you're jiggling and you get up and walk them around and you're giving them the pacifier. I mean, if I, just show me you're trying and then I, my heart goes out to you. And and ever since I became a parent, I've had that sort of like, oh man, I know what you're going through. But I I, I would probably be a little. I have been okay aggravated when you just see somebody just sitting there doing nothing just like letting it happen like in this grade i'm not i've tuned it out you know you, you can't do you can't do that but you also you, your cheese cannot slide off the cracker when you're on an airplane i know i'm not doing an ad for the airlines i know it's 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 hell to fly i i get it but you just gotta plan for the you got to plan for it to be uncomfortable. You got to plan for it to be aggravating. You got to bring your book, your music, your earphones, whatever it is. I kind of, I'm always kind of surprised when I see people sitting on a plane with nothing to do. Like, what? How, why would you do that? I mean, bring something, do something, fall asleep, put on music, watch a watch a show. I mean, anything. But don't just sit there because, yeah, the soundtrack is not great. If it isn't a crying baby, it's, you know, somebody coughing and hacking up a lung or it's somebody talking too loud. You get Del Griffith, you know, next to you. 
next to you on the flight, or it's the drone of the plane, or it's, you know, yeah, I mean, dude, you got to plan for it. And I mean, who gets this? Well, we don't know. We don't know what was going on with the guy, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe he'd had a day that we can't even imagine, and this was the, the final straw, or he's got some other issue in his life, but you can't. You can't, uh, you can't, and, and Don, you've said before, you think that these videos that go viral, you think sometimes these are people that actually want to go viral, like they're, they're hamming it up to get the, to get the attention. Yeah, you see a lot of these, and, cause you know that it's gonna be a mm-hmm. video that's gonna last mm-hmm. forever, and, you mm-hmm. know, people are gonna tune in and watch it over and over again, mm-hmm. and so, you know, they become. So he might be like, maybe right now he's like trademarking the, um, Angry Southwest guy. You know, that's that's going to be his brand. But, I don't but know. in an odd way, they they kind of become famous, you know, no. for a yes. period of yep. time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're yeah, talk- fame is you're, the name of the game. You're this talking about him now. It. You're talking about. We're him talking now, about so. him. We're making him famous right now. That's right. And I kid her all the time. Had she been born in the United States uh, instead of Canada, she'd be the president standing here. Jennifer Granholm, my secretary of state. Stand up. And I want the, the a war hero is not going to be able to stand up because she's in his wheelchair. But everybody else, please stand up. Thank God. Mm. Mm. You know, I think we need to give credit where credit's due. He... He did know that the woman in the wheelchair couldn't stand up, and um, he's no longer expecting Jackie. You know, for a while there, he's he's waiting for Jackie. So he's, he's making progress. You know, minuscule, but he's making it. Uh, speaking of Team Biden, uh, today's JR poll was: Do you believe that Hunter Biden uh, will ever be criminally charged? Because the news this week has been that, you know, that they're they're getting closer. That there are people in the Justice Department that have been working on the case. Uh, even NBC News sort of suggested that there's frustration uh, with career investigators going, "Come on, we have more than enough. What's what's the holdup?" I mean, it, it, the holdup. Do I need to even say this? The holdup. This father's the president. You don't have to explain to me how it's supposed to work. I, I, I get that. But is that how it works? And you say, well, what about Trump? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tr- Trump is not the exception that breaks the rule. Trump is the exception that proves the rule. Because, let's be honest, even if Trump did everything that uh, Bragg says he did, he wouldn't even be in the top ten of most corrupt presidents we've ever had. He wouldn't even be in the top 15. But have they been criminally charged? Were they? Did we, do we, have, we had any, have we had any former presidents that went to prison after they left office? Have we ever had them? No. Have we had... Um, the offspring or spouses of presidents go to prison? No. We're not going to. We're not going to here. 
In fact, the fact that 80-year-old Joe Biden is running for re-election is probably very reassuring to Hunter. Because what's keeping Hunter out of trouble is Daddy. And if Daddy stays in the presidency, Hunter stays out of trouble. But I, I, I'm i sorry. I know that this is a hard pill to swallow. We asked you the question. 87% said no. 13% said yes. And we'll have a new JR poll come Monday. Uh, before we go tonight, and thanks to everybody that called on the dish. Appreciate that. Thank you for listening. Remember, our, our podcast is available anytime, all the time. But today is the day that Elvis Presley went to number one with a song that had been released in January of the year 1956. Now, on this day in 1956, Elvis Presley hit number one on his new record label um, with what was not necessarily a new song, and which was a song that in many ways was a very sad song, but he rocked the heck out of it. It became a signature sound for him. And not only was it his first number one, but it's also one of the very last songs that he performed live before his death in 1977. We leave you tonight with Elvis Presley's number one hit on this date, Heartbreak Hotel. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lone Street, that Heartbreak Hotel where I'll be. I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be just a lonely. I could die. Although it's always crowded, you still can find some room for broken to cry there in the gloom Be so I'll be just a lonely baby I'll be just a lonely I'll be just a lonely I'll make a die Man, the bellhop's tears keep flowing And the desk clerk's dress in black Well, they've been so long on the street They'll never, they'll never look back I'll be just a lonely baby Well, they're so lonely well, it's so lonely they could die Well, if your baby leaves you You've got a tale to tell Well, just take a walk down the street To Heartbreak Hotel Where you will be Could you be so lonely, baby Well, you'll be lonely You'll be so lonely You could die